To some it's just an emblem of formality It's a symbol that's been used so frequently Many blaspheme and despise Though it's each and it abides A shrine to death that stands for life for me going to come tonight and preach for us. For those of you that are newer to the church, Brother Brad uh, does our soul winning ministry. He oversees the mechanical part of our bus ministry, uh, handles the Sunday schools, and then spends three days over at the new building doing construction all week. And uh, so his plate is full, and I uh, do appreciate uh, the friendship, getting to know him over the last several years uh, as he moved here and uh, serving along with him. Uh, it is awesome. You know, we really have, as far as I'm concerned, a really I have really good co-workers, and uh, we have a good staff, and uh, I've, this is the second church that I've been able to serve at. The Lord has given me different opportunities, and I've attended 
uh, in my time, you know, five or six different churches. And uh, I think Pastor's done a really good job, not to pat myself on the back or anything, of, of putting a staff together that um, is energetic and ready to serve the Lord. And, uh, and I can appreciate that, you know, as I start to get a few more years in the ministry. And uh, we have a wise leader as our pastor. The Lord has done a, a phenomenal job of placing the man that we need for this ministry here. Uh, we need to support him. And, uh, but I'm excited about Brother Brad coming and bringing the message this evening. Amen. Well, it's good anytime you get a chance to preach. And uh, just as Brother Kavanaugh said, it is such a, a joy to be able to serve at Community Baptist Temple. And man, there's nothing greater than being able to serve the Lord in full-time Christian service. But uh, everybody gets the chance to serve the Lord full-time. And uh, he's got a plan and purpose for all of us. And uh, excited about that tonight. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. You know, uh, just as Brother Cavanaugh said, uh, you know, our pastor, you know, I I get uh, a triple blessing out of it because not only is uh, he my boss and my pastor, but he's my father-in-law as well. And uh, that that's a blessing to me. But uh, just the the past two years that I've been able to be a part here, and the, the Lord has allowed Pastor O'Donnell to be such an influence in my life and the staff here and uh, the folks in this church. And, uh, you know, like he said, sometimes there's so much we got going on, but that's God's teaching us and God's... Uh, helping us prepare for the future and whatever God would have for us. And, man, what an opportunity it is to serve in the ministry here. Um, This isn't going to be the message, but I just wanted to slip this one in for free on you. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I hope that we've come tonight hungry and thirsty for the things of God. You know, when we're hungry physically, man, our body lets us know it. Our stomach lets it know. And uh, I can tell some of you are hungry tonight just by the way you're looking at me. And I can, I can hear some stomachs rumbling around there. <clears throat> My wife, but it's the baby, okay? It's the baby. <clears throat> but you know, uh, we ought to be hungry spiritual, and our heart should be the one that's telling us, hey, we need to feed the Spirit. And uh, I hope that it's our desire tonight that we're hungry for the things of God. And, you know, at the end of that verse, it says, well, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And if we've come hungry and thirsty tonight, God is going to fill us. And God is going to satisfy. And God is the only one that can give us that everlasting water where we'll never thirst again. And He can give us that spiritual food that will satisfy us tonight. But uh, Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse number 69, the Bible says, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the, the porch, another maid saw him and said unto him, that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech be thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. 
And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which saith unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Of course, we know this very familiar passage here about when Peter denies the Lord. Not just once, not just twice, but three times. You know, isn't it funny how the Lord came to Peter and told him that this was going to happen. But she said, oh no, I would never do that, Lord. I love you, Lord, and I love your word, and I would never deny you. we got to remember, who's telling him that, though? Hey, Jesus knows all things. Jesus knows exactly what's going to happen. But we see the progression of Peter's denial there. You know, it started out with just, oh no, I don't know this Jesus. Oh, I don't want to be uh, wrapped up in knowing him. Man, I see what they're doing, doing to him. What, what, what will they do to me? if they find out that I have association with Him. And it continues to progress until finally we see He's cursing and swearing to change His speech to show that He has no part with the Lord Jesus Christ. We say, oh, it can never get that far. We would never go that far. But it can happen. It can happen. It can happen to us. We can say that, man, we love the Lord with all our heart and we love His Word and we wouldn't deny Him, but then we're at work. Somebody's talking bad about the Lord. Somebody's talking bad about the things of God or the Word of God. And, and we don't participate in the conversation, but we just sit back and don't say anything. And when we, we step back and we don't say anything, then really what we're doing is putting our approval on what was said. And before we know it, we find ourselves right there and denying the Lord. But can you imagine how Peter felt when it said there, and immediately after the cock crew, immediately he remembered the words of Jesus. And he went out and he wept bitterly. So he remembered what the Lord had told him. Man, that he had just denied the Lord three times. You know, sometimes I think it can be easy to deny the Lord because we really don't even think about what we're doing. We don't even really think about what we're denying Him or how we're denying Him. Or we sometimes we just don't stop and consider, hey, that our choices, if we make bad choices, how much hurt and pain it really brings to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, as a child of God, when, when we deny the Lord or we sin or mess up, man, that brings great pain and agony to our Savior. But so many times we do it and don't even realize or we don't even think about it. We just go about our day. And there's another time we did it. And another time and another time. We've got to be conscious about what we're doing. You know, I'm not really a big hunter, but man, I enjoy being out in the woods and fishing and four-wheeling and shooting. All those manly things. Okay, Manly things. That's what I like to do. But yeah, and even though I'm not a big hunter, you know, I, I like wearing camo. You know, I got a camo jacket and a camo hat and camo lunchbox and <clears throat> camo keychain and uh, just on and on. And you know, I like wearing those things because it's manly. You know, man, camo is it's manly. It's the thing to do. But you know, camo's designed to help you blend in or to keep the enemy from seeing you, spotting you or to keep those uh, animals from seeing you that you're out in the woods trying to hunt down. 
And, uh, you know, some people, they, they go to the extreme and put all those deer scents on them and stuff, you know, and, uh, and manly stuff, you know. I'm all in favor for it. And some of the camo they got is just amazing, you know, today. It's just, you look like a stick when you're out there, you know. <clears throat> now, I could never look like a stick with my size, <clears throat> but some of you can pull it off. But I think as Christians, sometimes we use camo to our disadvantage. And we become a camouflage Christian. And, uh, you know, it's a shame today when we can look around and we can see in our world, but we can't tell a difference between a blood-brought Christian and a lost sinner. Hey, it's a shame when we can't see a difference in the child of God and somebody that's lost. Hey, there's a problem with that. Hey, there's a, there ought to be a difference in our life. Hey, there ought to be something that sticks out that we are different from the world. Let's pray before we get into it tonight. Dearly Father, Lord, we just thank You for this opportunity to be in Your house tonight. God, I pray You would just give me the words to say, Lord, that uh, You would just open up our hearts to Your Word. Lord, we would be challenged and changed for Your good and for Your glory, for Your honor tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. I see number one, camouflage Christians blend in with the world. And I want to look at a couple of different areas that they blend in with the world. And number one, I see here, their speech. Their speech. We looked in our passage there, verse number 74, it says, Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. Peter, a disciple of Christ, was willing to change his speech because he was afraid of what somebody might think about him. He was afraid what somebody might put to his name if they found out that he was a child of God, that he was a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, our speech ought to be something that draws others to Christ that doesn't turn them away. Amen. And our speech can be so powerful, and we know that the Bible talks about how powerful the tongue is. In James chapter 3, in verse number 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue can either tear people down or it can either build people up. You know, I remember back in, in my childhood, which years and years ago, at least, at least ten now, <laughs> there's a saying, and man, if somebody would say something nasty or something bad, say, do you kiss your mama with those lips? And, uh, man, if I said something bad or nasty, my mom wouldn't be afraid to pop me. She'd take me right out. But uh, she never had to worry about that because I was always a little angel. <laughs> never said anything bad or nasty. You believe that? <clears throat> but the Bible talks about how powerful the tongue is. And like I say, we've got a choice to how we can use it. You know, it's so easy to to be upset about something, man, the devil will give us something to be upset about. And it's so easy to have a critical spirit and a critical tongue. So, well, you know what that pastor did. Hey, you know what that church member did. And we're not talking to them about it. We're talking to our buddies about it. We're not talking to somebody that might be involved in the situation, but we're talking to others and man, we're trying to get others on our side. Well, don't you think that too? And we can start to use our tongue for a negative thing. You know, how is our speech today? 
Is our speech so camouflaged that we can't tell a difference between our speech and the world's speech? Hey, is our speech being used to bring glory and honor, and is it pleasing to God today? Hey, there's some things that uh, camouflage Christian will camouflage his speech. Not only just the speech, but our dress. Our dress should be different than the world. Hey, we should be set apart. First Timothy two nine says, "In like manner also that." Women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, and not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. I like that last part, costly array. Hey, you can't spend much at the store, hun. It's not biblical. Just <laughs> thought I'd emphasize that for the men here. But doesn't God deserve our best? You know, we'll we'll get all dressed up and. We'll do our best for so many different things, you know, a, a job interview or a wedding or some, some special event we got going on. But then we come to church and it's like, oh, well, it's just whatever. It's just casual, it's whatever. And I hope that church is on our priority list of something that, man, we give our best to. Hey, God deserves our best. And, uh, you know, if I were up here tonight and had uh, green spiked hair and uh, shorty shorts and a tank top on. Number one, there wouldn't be an audience here. Because <clears throat> you would have walked out a long time ago. And then number two, for the ones that were blind that stayed. Well, if you were blind, I guess it wouldn't distract you. But if you could see, you wouldn't be able to get anything out of the message tonight. Hey, you could be as hungry and thirsty for the things of God... But I would cause a distraction. I would cause something to hinder the message of God to being get to relay to you because of my actions or because of my dress. And we know for sure it definitely wouldn't bring glory to God. He doesn't even want to see that. My wife doesn't even want to see that. Hey, but our dress ought to bring glory and honor to God. Hey, we ought to give God our best. We see our speech, our dress... How about our habits? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 17 through 18 says, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Hey, we shouldn't be going to all the places that the world is going to. Hey, there ought to be a, a, a distinct difference between some of the places, hey, maybe if we got saved later in life, hey, there's some places you used to go, you don't go anymore. Why? Because God made a change in your life. Man, He, he took all the old things and they're passed away, and behold, all things become new. Man, aren't you thankful that God can take the old things away and make them new? And aren't you thankful that, just as that song said, that He didn't walk away? Oh, He could have. He had the opportunity... Thank God He didn't walk away. We know Romans chapter 12, verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove that is that what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world. Hey, it's easy to be conformed to this world. And, and it takes a renewing of the mind to not be conformed to this world today. And man, that's what Satan's trying to do today. He's trying to get Christians to become camouflaged with the world. 
hey, camouflaged Christians aren't bringing a bunch of Christians to Christ. Because the lost person says, hey, I don't see a difference in them, so I'm fine doing what I'm doing. Hey, I'll just live my life and it'll be fine. See, number two, camouflaged Christians will struggle with their soul winning. Camouflaged Christians will struggle with their soul winning. You know, if we're going to be a good soul winner for Jesus Christ, then we've got to be willing to come out of our comfort zone. Hey, we've got to be willing to be a witness at all times. But you know, the camouflaged Christian is more concerned about what man says than what God says. Hey, we're too afraid of what that lost person might think about us. What that lost person might say about us. What that lost family member might think about us. Oh, we've got one of those Bible-thumping men in the family. What are we going to do with them? Hey, but you know what God's saying? You're being obedient. Hey, you're being glory. You're being pleasant to me. Hey, let's not be so concerned about man, but be concerned about God. Hey, you might not think that you're a very wise person, but if you're a soul winner, the Bible tells you you are wise. We see that in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. John fifteen sixteen, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Aren't you thankful the Lord's chosen us tonight? And ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Hey, if we are fruitless tonight, if our fruit's not remaining, it's not because of the Lord's lack on His side. It's not the Lord's fault, but it's our fault tonight. Hey, because maybe we're just being a camouflaged Christian and we're not being the witness that we need to be. Hey, we're not being total obedient to God. We see there in uh, John fifteen five. it says, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Hey, maybe if we're not seeing the fruit we want to see today, it's because we're not abiding in Christ. Because He's promised that He will bring forth much fruit. Much fruit today. Hey, I'm not saying that every time you go out and you knock on a door, that you're going to see a soul saved. Hey, but there's going to be fruit on your account if you're going out, if you're being a faithful soul winner for Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that the Lord wants to bless us with much fruit tonight. But how are we with our soul winning? How are we with inviting and getting the lost to Christ? Just as Mr. Jurgen talked about yesterday in the Go Rally, and it's not always about quantity, but about quality. And taking the time to deal with lives. And getting to, to build a relationship with somebody. And man, it, it's encouraging to hear all the testimonies Yesterday about, man, folks being a witness at work and going out of their way, inviting people over for dinner, getting them uh, a birthday present, doing whatever they can, but using that to get the gospel in there. Using that to be a faithful servant of Jesus Christ. You know, I want to challenge us tonight to trade in our camo and pick up the armor of God. Trade in our camouflage and pick up our spiritual armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, we know this passage here. I'm just going to read a couple verses of it. There in verse number 11 it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But the choice is ours tonight. Hey, we can keep the camo. We can stay in our comfort zone. We can just hide out, try to live our life where, hey, nobody notices, nobody sees. If I just stay in my camo, well, maybe, maybe the preacher, maybe somebody won't ask me to go out soul winning with them or, or maybe they won't expect me to be there. And I got my camo on. They won't be able to see me. And that camo is not going to hide you from God. Hey, and we have, when we have to stand before an almighty God and He says, hey, what about this? I was over there hiding with my camo the whole time. God, I, I don't really have any fruit on my account. I, I really don't have any crowns to throw at Your feet because I was content hiding out my camouflage. I was more worried about the world's perspective of things than your perspective of things. Man, we know that the battle is raging today. Man, we know that Satan, our enemy, is out there to destroy us. And he'll do anything to tear us down. Hey, but we can pick up the spiritual armor today. You know, I was talking to the kids in junior church today, and I was talking to them about a glove and the power of a glove. And you put that glove on, if I tell that glove to point, it's going to point. If I tell that glove to pick my nose or my ear, it'll do it. They really like that one, you know. It's kids I'm dealing with here, okay? But then you take that glove off and you set it down, tell that glove to do something, it don't do nothing. It just sits there. It's not the glove, but it's the power in the glove, the hand. Hey, but what we need to be tonight is gloves in the Master's hand. Amen. Hey, that we say, God, I'm just a glove. Hey, I want you to put me on tonight and I want you to control me. Hey, whether you tell me to, to go clean the bathrooms, that's what I'll do. Hey, if you tell me to, to go preach here or you tell me to go do this, hey, I'll do whatever. Because it's not me, Lord. I'm just a tool. I want to be used in your hand. That's a choice that we'll have to make tonight if we want to be a profitable servant for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit's not going to be able to have its fullest and extent of power on our life if we're hiding from the things of God. If we're trying to, to hide away from the things of God. But you know, the next time that we're tempted... To hide under our camo, let's remember Romans chapter 1, verse number 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Hey, we can have boldness and courage and strength today in the Lord, in His power, in His might. Hey, it's not us but it's that He's chosen us to be the tool in His hand if we'll allow it. Remember, hey, we don't have to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Man, when Satan tempts you about what's somebody going to say, you think, what is God going to say if I don't do this? That's good. Amen. 
What is going to happen to that person that I don't talk to? Die and go to hell? Could be. Could be. Hey, we never know when our next breath is going to be. And got the opportunity to lead two young men to the Lord today in the bus ministry. And what a blessing it is to see souls saved for Christ. See souls saved from the pit of hell. Hey, but without somebody being willing to do the work of God, without somebody saying, I'm willing to throw aside the camouflage, I'm willing to come out of my comfort zone, I'm willing to do what God would have me, I'm just willing to be used, His will is not going to be accomplished for this church or for our lives personally. But also think about that day when we have to stand before the Lord. Because that's really what everything's about. Everything that we decide today, every choice that we have or make is depending on the end result of what's the Lord going to think about this? What's the Lord's going to th- how's the Lord going to feel about this decision? Camouflage Christian in its speech, in its dress, and its habits. Hey, maybe we found ourselves in one of those areas that we're a little bit weaker. Maybe there's one of those areas that we find ourselves using the camouflage the most. God's saying, I can help you with that. I can help you with that. You think about Peter, and he ends up denying the Lord three times here. But God still uses him. God still still, uh, allows him to come back and to be used You think about even in the times when we're denying Christ, His love never changes. His love never changes for us. Hey, He knew that we were going to to make mistakes, that we were going to fail, that we were even going to deny Him. But He said, that's why I I commended my love towards you, and that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. Hey, that's what He's saying. He's saying, even though I know you're going to be sinners, I know that you're going to fall short. My love is not going to change for you today. But what has to change is our heart issue. Hey, we need to be hungry for the things of God tonight. Maybe we haven't been as hungry for the righteousness and thirsty for the righteousness of God. You think about a church this size, what it could do for the cause of Christ if we all just got hungry and thirsty for the things of God because He's promised that He's going to fill us. Hey, if we're hungry and thirsty tonight, He's going to fill us. But we've got to empty ourselves of self to be filled with the Spirit of God. God wants to use each and every one of us and God wants to reach this city for the cause of Christ, but He's looking for somebody that's willing. He's looking for a man to stand in the gap, to fill the hedge. Man, we've got to build a hedge tonight. We've got to protect these young men. We've got to protect the young generation. Hey, we need to build a hedge around our pastor. Man, how do we build a hedge? Getting on our knees and praying that God would protect and that God would keep His arms around him. Satan wants to see him fall. And Satan's already won too many of our men, men of God, over today. Hey, we can't afford to lose any more tonight. That's why, as Christians, we've got to step up. Hey, we've got to do our job tonight. And it starts by getting hungry and thirsty 
for the things of God. Let's all stand. Heads bowed, eyes closed.